Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to your Maryland. At midnight on July 5, 1864, General Lew Wallace, the Union commander in Baltimore, climbed aboard a B&O railroad locomotive and headed west toward Frederick. At 37, his once bright military career was in shambles. Two years earlier, he'd made a mistake in the confusion at Shiloh, and neither Army Chief Henry Halleck nor Ulysses S. Grant had forgiven him for it. Halleck eventually gave him command of a safe backwater in Maryland, but right now it wasn't quiet. For days, B&O President John Work Garrett had been receiving alarming reports coming out of western Virginia that an entire Confederate army was headed for Maryland. Wallace notified the higher-ups, but in Washington, Halleck insisted everything was under control and told him to stay in Baltimore. In fact, 15,000 men under Jubal Anderson Early, an irascible Virginia backcountry lawyer, had already rolled down the Shenandoah, routed one Union army, and chased the Yankee garrison out of Harper's Ferry. Old Jube, as his men called him, spoke his mind in a high-pitched twang and didn't care whose feelings he hurt. Boiling mad at what the Yankees had done to the people of the Shenandoah, at the ferry, he and his half-starved troops helped themselves to a Fourth of July picnic of fruit, preserves, sardines, oysters, wines, liquors, barbecued meats, and spiked lemon punch, all courtesy of the U.S. government. When his men had sobered up, Early crossed the Potomac, ransomed Hagerstown, and headed for Frederick on his way to capturing the capital itself. At Frederick, Lew Wallace realized what nobody in Washington believed possible had already happened and frantically wired for help. From Baltimore came 2,000 or so hundred-day men who'd never heard a shot fired in anger. And from Virginia, Grant sent 3,500 veterans from the Sixth Corps who had. As the units came in, Wallace positioned them along the Monocacy River just south of Frederick, where the B&O and the National Road crossed it. Then he prayed. On the morning of July 9th, Old Jube paid a visit to the mayor of Frederick and demanded $200,000 for not burning the town. While his men emptied store shelves and paid shopkeepers with their own money, Early sent out skirmishers to see what lay ahead. Soon, rifle shots echoed back from the National Road. There were Yankees, all right, but these men didn't run. More gray regiments went in, but with each passing hour, Early saw his chances of surprising Washington slipping away. Nine hours after he'd begun the attack, he'd won the field, but his army was too exhausted to continue. Against overwhelming odds, Lew Wallace had bought the capital valuable time and redeemed himself in the process. Old Jube did reach Washington and tested its now reinforced defenses. His men even took a few shots at a gangly figure in a top hat who'd come out to see the action, the only time a sitting president of the United States has ever come under fire. Then he led his army back to Virginia and ultimately to Appomattox. The Battle of Monocacy wasn't much as Civil War battles go, but it did have one coincidence worth mentioning. After the war, Jubal Early founded what became the Southern Historical Society to set the record straight as he saw it. His idea took root and grew into a glorious, romantic Southern view of the war that we now call the Lost Cause. It culminated in 1936 with Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind, a bestseller from the day it was published, and a movie that went on to win 10 Academy Awards. And in 1880, Lew Wallace wrote a novel of his own. It did pretty well, too. Ben-Hur, A Tale of the Christ, has never gone out of print and was made into a movie not once but four times. The last one, in 1959, made a star of Charlton Heston. The next year, the book even outsold Gone with the Wind. And just think, the men who created these two behemoths of popular culture met one bright July morning 
in the lovely rolling fields just south of Frederick, right here in your Maryland.